This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Kelly Isola with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Ogan Holder, and where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, um, and the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers and within spiritual communities. If you want to join in the conversation, um, you can check us out on Facebook. Our our handle is at Get Our Holy On, so either Facebook and Instagram. And it's been a it's good we're talking about this topic today, Pride Month Trailblazers. Uh, it's also Juneteenth, um, which we'll talk about that a little bit more. But the reason I say it's it's good we're talking about this or recording this today, talking about this today, because I'm just coming off spending the week with Unity's annual conference. So lots of, you know, a couple hundred um, spiritual leaders um, having lots of different conversations, some of them around the, the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you know, I, I'm, um, I, I, wanna, I wanna do a whole like off topic distraction thing right now because of me. You know, we you, you refer to me as your we refer to each other as our partners in crime and consciousness. Um, I have a new one to add. We're we're also now partners in COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you've you've had COVID how many times now? Twice. Twice. And I am I am on the tail end of my first intimate experience with COVID. Um I um yay for vaccines and boosters. I only had two two bad days of symptoms and but I still have this like little persistent tickle in the back of my throat. So um, if I, if I devolve into hacking and coughing during this and don't get to the mute button fast enough, um, that's why. So, so um, yes, welcome me to the fold of the, uh, of the, of those who have, those who have survived, survived the COVID. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hashtag. Sorry. Not sorry. Hashtag funny, not funny. You know, all those, all um, those things. All those things. I am all, sorry. I don't mean not sorry, but no, no. I got, I got, I got what you're saying. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a mixed emotion in terms of, of you know, when you, when you get it, uh, um, you can't ignore the back of your mind concern. Um, okay, this vaccine better damn work. Um, and then you're sort of like relieved when you realize that it does, and then you also you know, I'll speak for myself, have just the slightest twinge of survivor's guilt, given that, you know, we've lost how many mm. people to COVID in the in the US over a, a million. million, 
um, you know, some some which were willfully not vaccinated, but but some who were still. Um, so so there is there is a lot of mixed emotions around this, but I am I am um, I am grateful that I am on the other side of it. Um, a little a little remorseful that I may have made all the people in the house I was staying at sick. <laughs> As I as I as I spread it on, still not clear where I picked it up, but I think I'm narrowed it down to um, as I was returning from Barbados, the uh, Miami airport. So yay, Florida! Thank you for that. Again, not absolutely sure, but that's that's the leading contender. Um, well, it's right so it's so so highly contagious. So and of course, you know, it's not. I think people are. I know this is supposed to just be a squirrel moment, but it it for me it also taps into the work that we do and we have this thing in spiritual communities of love your neighbor then put a fucking mask on not for you but i don't know who you have at home you know i don't know who you're who you're bumping into i don't know that there aren't you know bless you sneezing glad glad the mute was on for that one holy (laughs) crap i just i just we're not quite Ooh. over it and so and we also know that that you know houseless people you know those that are immune compromised some of our marginalized communities are just you know at risk so i'm going to protect but i'm watching most of my colleagues not so i have a little energy around it can't tell i couldn't tell i couldn't tell at all <laughs> well you know it's not like i'm certainly sick of having to put a mask on cuz it's right. hot Nobody's here's another thing. This total score moment. We figured out how to put it, you know, someone on the moon decades ago, and we've now managed, you know, the Hubble telescope is how many years old and far reaches of the universe is, you know, and the things we can cure and, you know, implanting pieces of a pig into someone's heart so that their heart is fabulous, but we can't figure out how to not fog glasses when you're wearing a mask. I know, I know. It's I. I, I apologize. <laughs> I opened Pandora's box. This is on me. This is on me. I I apologize. Okay. Yes, let's let's get back to the topic. You can bring hand. us back. <laughs> it is it is June. It is it is Pride Month. It's also, as Kelly mentioned, um, in depending on when you listen to us, we're recording on June seventeenth. So in a couple of days, it will be it will be Juneteenth, the time which we recognize that the um, the last group of enslaved people in the United States um, post Civil War um, took a couple of years, but they uh, received the word. Um, in Texas, of course, Texas, that they were free. Yeah, uh, they were they were freed people, and and that day is sort of recognized as the 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 real day of of liberation um, for enslaved people. Um, uh, so so that's coming up, um, and hopefully you will find some ways to to celebrate that, honor it. It is now a federal holiday. Um, and a couple, couple interesting things have come up. So I'm, I'm here in Minneapolis and uh, visiting a, a really good friend of mine, uh, Tony. The uh, bromance that will live forever is what I refer to our, our friendship. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a great weekend. We're gonna go see comedian uh, Harry Kondabulu. I don't know if you if you've never seen him or heard of him. Look him up. He's hilarious. H A R I. He's an uh, East Asian Indian dude. Um, and, and we're going to go see Top Gun. Can you, can you not pick a more uh, romantic, yeah. um, 
event to go to with a good friend of yours. Um, so we're going to do that. But I said to him, I'm assuming there's going to be some uh, some interesting Juneteenth things happening in downtown Minneapolis. I got to figure out what they are and we should go do some things. He goes, well, I'm I'm not going to. I have to work on Monday. I said, what do you mean you have to work on Monday? It's a federal holiday. He goes, uh, he, well, yeah, but but my my company's not giving us the day off. He goes, right. we're, we're, we're owned by a couple of crusty old white guys. And I say, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, you could advocate for it if you want. And are there not any black people in where you work? And he says, uh, truth be told, there's two of them. And they are actually folks who immigrated from African countries. He goes, I don't even know if they know that Juneteenth is a holiday. I say, you should tell them. Yeah. So, so that, that kind of like I had, I got, I, I still got some feelings around that. Um, well, we, we still have work to do just, you know, so it was last year that Biden signed it into a federal holiday, but the states, the individual states are very slow to recognize it in some fashion other than, um, you know, oh yeah. yes, there's, there's this thing, um, Yes. Also, also some notes for white body listeners around Juneteenth. One, if you're a white body, it's going to be weird if you decide to plan and hold a Juneteenth event. Um, so there's that. Um, and if you are if you are thinking that you want to be and I use this term loosely, uh, an ally <laughs> uh, for, for but let someone else. Yeah, for the for the black community, uh, perhaps reach out to um, some of your black friends and say, hey, what are y'all doing for Juneteenth? Um, you know, is there any way I can support or help out? Um, don't just pl don't plan an event, assuming a, you know, um, that a black folk are going to show up or that. You know what needs to happen on that event, right. so. Well, and look in the town you're living in. Yeah, that's one thing. And if you yeah. realize, oh, wait, I don't have black people I can ask because they're not in my friendship circle. One, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> we, yeah. we should do some of that. Um, and and two, yes, as Kelly just said, what what are the black folk in your community doing? Are they doing events? Are they having events? Um, I recently had a discussion with someone who lives in a town that has apparently very, very few people of color and, and it's a very, or rather there are very quote white progressive folks in there. And they're like, we should do something for Juneteenth. So she calls me up to ask me like, like, is that okay? What should we do? I was like, well, if it's just a bunch of you white folk planning it, stop right <laughs> right away. Um, have you reached out to the black people in the community? Are they doing something? Do they even want something to be done? Do they want right. your help? Like, so, so there's that Two, Number two. And we're going to, we're, we're going to talk uh, as we talk about pride today, we're going to talk about rainbow washing, but let's also talk about uh, Juneteenth washing. If that's yeah. the thing, don't please don't buy stupid Juneteenth. Um, corporate products. Uh, looking at you, Walmart, and your Juneteenth ice cream. Did you hear about the Juneteenth ice cream? Yes. Uh, they've subsequently pulled the product, I believe, um, from their from their shelves after Black Twitter and uh, most of Twitter, but mostly Black Twitter had a bit of a meltdown over uh, Walmart's Juneteenth branded ice cream. Ugh! All the ugh. Yes, I know. <laughs> all all the ugh. So. 
so yeah yeah juneteenth washing um so, i think i would say black washing but that's been happening for like centuries so that's so that's in alabama so. alabama is one of those states shockingly that has been a little slow to uh to do anything with this federal proclamation and they also have the state closes down for confederate memorial days of course it does of course it does yep so white folks we have what we all have work to do and i'm you know just expressing to white bodies that go you know Go put yourself, go add your labor to lifting everyone. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Let us, uh, let us segue, um, to the topic du jour. It's, it's pride month. Um, Mm -hmm. and today we're going to talk about a little bit about pride, a little bit of, uh, about some, some trailblazers that we think you should know about. In relation to how Pride got started, and um, and also uh, the aforementioned uh, Rainbow Washing, and maybe some ways you can <clears throat> you can support Pride. Um, and apologies if I again feel seem a little bit distracted. I'm also I'm also in a house with a very active cat right now. I mean, like very active. The cat's over there, and if you can hear in the background, just nope. and tearing things up. It's also a very touchy-feely cat, and I am not used to just sitting around and all of a sudden there's something sliding and brushing up against my legs. So if I just randomly blurt out an exclamation of surprise tinged with profanity, that's, that's why I'm I'm saying it in advance. You live in, you live in cat land. You you're used to cats. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. But my cat's a little older and he's like, whatever. He, he does yeah, no. the cat. He doesn't care what you're doing. No, this this cat <laughs> wants to be my friend, mm. and I'm like, you know what? Well, I don't mind being your friends, but the best friends know when to leave you alone, <laughs> when to give you space. They know when to smile and nod and go. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. cat has not figured that out yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So so let's talk a little bit about pride. Um, yeah. And. And we 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 acknowledge that we may not necessarily be the be the what's the best the, the best proponents the best uh, representatives but uh, is that is is that fair to say? Yeah. Know. Well, um, I don't I don't know that either one of us you know has a body designation that fits squarely in the LGBTQ. Um, I know. Um, so just as again a little side note, you know when you, if you, you know, we're doing Facebook live and, but the podcast is just the audio, but if you see, ever see us, um, you can see our pronouns, you know, and mine says she, they, um, because for me, there is this part of my, um, social identity that, that doesn't squarely fit in just heterosexual, like that box. Um, and I don't, I don't, I can't even say that I, well, I, I do know people that they kind of do and, and not to I'm not picking on anybody. Please don't don't send me emails. I'm just saying that it's um, or do we don't mind the emails or do. Yeah, positive, positive yeah. or negative. Well, it's just been an interesting emails. week and I just need a break. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, of course, send emails, um, especially emails that say how fabulous we are. You can always have those. Well, there but, you go. 
but the um you know our, our it's part of our social identity and so um it's there is you know uh sexual expression even gender is is you know can be fluid is the word you sometimes hear but it's also a spectrum it's yes. not a binary system so exactly yes that's true we may not be the um most perfect people to be speaking on this topic and we're connecting it also you know um in terms of you know lgbtq rights and yes. and they're connected the gay rights movement and that being connected to race and racism and yes you know where the intersectionality yes Yes, the intersectionality, because as we've said many, many times before, uh, homophobia is squarely rooted in white supremacy um, as as well. Um, uh, you mentioned your pronouns. I use the pronouns he, him. I think the I think the um, recently have been have been um, comfortable with describing myself as heteroflexible. I think that's that's uh, um, and I'm and I'm and I'm very conscious about using that term mm -hmm. um and if that's a new term to folks it, you know the way i describe it is that i'm i i i have a heterosexual mindset if that makes sense uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of the lens through which i see the world and, mm -hmm. and i'm primarily attracted to interact with with women um and and every once in a while like a beautiful man will cross my path and i have and i have impure thoughts um <laughs> Air quoted impure. There's nothing impure right, about him at right. all. Right. So and impure is relative. <laughs> impure is very, very relative. Exactly. 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 So so uh so yeah. So so I think I think to to acknowledge to acknowledge that that might that 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 there is that also place, as you said, on the on the fluidity, the fluid spectrum um mm -hmm. as well, and and to acknowledge that. And um, and I realized I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and they were like, so wait, does that, does that make you bisexual? And I was like, well, here's, here's my understanding of when that word is used, um, people's, people's, uh, response or interpretation of that. And I say people's, let me be clear, mostly, mostly straight people's, uh, interpretation of that is that you like men and women equally you 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 you're you're attracted to men and women with with equal equal i don't know percentage proportion whatever both and um and and that's not where i am so i want to make that uh distinction as well and to your point to also affirm that uh, there's uh, male and female are not the only two genders, right? So gender itself is a is a spectrum um, as well. So so in a weird way, uh, it's been an interesting journey of being clear of assigning labels so that then we can take the labels away. If that makes it's it is <laughs> it sense, is really, right? It is very fascinating, and this is uh, um, you know, part of some of the conversations that I had this week at this conference was. Um, our at times our rush to eliminate labels, right? Our mm. I, what's you know technically identity politics, and right. yet I there's also this uh, you know in terms of our our social identity these aspects of our social identity that 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 support us in in knowing ourselves that support us in knowing each other and 
not wanting to get stuck in that. Like that's yeah. all I am, all these different pieces, parts. It's a, it's, it's paradoxical. We, yeah. I, I think we need, we need the labels and the identifiers to get out of the traditional heteronormative uh, binary idea. Again, mm-hmm. all firmly rooted in white supremacy. Um, so, so to get out of that, but to get out of that, to then raise the awareness that, that for so many, there are no fixed points on the spectrum, um, as, as well. So the, so the labels, the labels, while they both, uh, open up the conversation, the discussion, the awareness, they can then also be, be limiting. Um, and and there is no, there is no limit to, to the, to the to the spectrum right and and it's and then the where it's incredibly helpful is is so that i know where my privilege lies like i don't yes you know how many people are in some of our groups that that just learning your own place of power and privilege is i mean there's just a lot of healing just around that you know? There is, there is. Um, and, and in terms of privilege, also acknowledging that there are many people who are not in safe spaces that they can be who they are safely right. without putting themselves in, in harm's way, especially mm-hmm. in, in, in states that are intent on passing all these anti uh, LGBTQ laws and, and all these uh, anti gen uh, uh, was it gender healthcare laws, uh, anti-trans laws, uh, specifically? Um, that it's 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 not it's not safe. It's not safe when you live right. in a state like Texas or Florida. I use those as the, you know, the quick examples. But also looking at you, Alabama, and other places that that um, or that are that are have or are considering making it felonies to. To yeah. have you know uh, gender affirming healthcare, and if you have a family that's 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 supporting their their trans kid, and and getting them hormones and um, uh, hormone therapy and affirming care, that that now they're going to be investigated as child abuse from child protective services. Like like the insanity of that is just like I I'm at a loss for words. But so for some people, it's not a safe space. For some people, they don't have the ways and means to just pack up and move to uh, a, queer, a queer-friendly state because that's the right. response I see. Well, you know, just just move. But many people, again, pro- disproportionately people of color, don't have that privilege, don't have that convenience. Um, and again, as we always say, and I don't mind saying this every time, because you just you just never know when this might be the first episode a listener is dropping in on, right? When why is it that we have people of color that are affected disproportionately by these things because of uh, the 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 systemic um, discriminations in place that um, that keep uh, people of color um, in in um, poor basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're all, they're all connected. Um, so anyways, um, shout out to, especially in pride month, but every day to those folks who don't live in safe spaces and are doing their best, um, to survive, um, much less, much less thrive and shout out to all those who are, um, offering them support and ways to, to do that. It's like, a. uh, you know, 2022 version of a, an underground railroad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, 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 Although a, maybe not so underground, but, but no. 
you know, I know me and others that have conversations way offline of just creating networks and people, you know, to support women here, you know, here in Missouri, because we're all lined up to not allow any kind of um, abortion at all, just waiting to flip the switch. So, you know, there's already structures being put in place to, for multiple um, areas of our human uh, experience to offset these um, discriminatory laws. Like, mm-hmm. like the, like everything you just said. So. All right. So, so let's talk about pride and, yeah. uh, and, and share, <laughs> we share, share a few facts, a few stories and, and we talk about some peoples. Well, the, um, the catalyst for, for the gay rights movement is, um, is really anchored in the what's called the Stonewall Riots. It's also the Stonewall Uprising, which began in uh, June of 1969 when the New York City police raided a place called Stonewall Inn, which was a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York. And that raid sparked a riot among the people that were in the bar, as well as people who lived in the neighborhood, because the police were hauling away Um, employees of the bar, people that were in the bar, people that were neighbors that were in the streets, you know, clashing and protests and just, you know, more and more law enforcement. Um, And it was moving out, you know, into neighboring streets. And so that Stonewall riots really was the catalyst for uh, the gay rights movement in the U.S. and around the world. Um, But it actually wasn't, it wasn't completely the beginning. There was, um, um, you know, before uh, the beginning of the movement through through those riots, there was a gentleman in a, um, a German immigrant um, that founded the Society for Human Rights in 1924. Um, but the the police raided and they were forced to disband. But it was America's really first America's first lesbian rights uh, organization. Also, the Daughters of Belitis. There was so there were other, you know, seeds and grassroots things going on that were all, you know, have their history in bringing, you know, helping to bring this to um, to really more of, you know, the movement and more of what we see today and bring us to a place of actually, you know, Pride Month. Um, You know, one of the one of the things that I didn't know that I learned this year because of the Auschwitz exhibit that came through here, Kansas City, to the to Union Station was that, you know, when in the concentration camps, the Nazis, when you were brought into a concentration camp, you got all kinds of different labels um, and you had different patches that they put on the, the prison, the concentration camp uniform. And anybody that was um, gay, a homosexual, um, wore an, a pink triangle. So I know, you know. I, I read that for the first time this year too. And yeah. And that was that was kind of that was kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, so that was and that was back in the so that began in the late 30s, you know, um, before America had even entered the war, before, you know, their war really World War Two was really going. I mean, that was in 37, 38, 39. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway. Um, so I don't I'm not sure if there's you know, there's a whole lot about um, you know, the history of Pride Month, um, how the, you know, the gay rights movement got started. Um, there's, there's an enormous amount of um, 
I just, there's an enormous amount of information and history and ways to, um, you know, for yep. you to contribute. And, and again, just like you said earlier, Ogan, about, you know, if you're white, don't go start your own Juneteenth thing. You know, if you identify as, you know, heterosexual, heteronormative, it's the same kind of thing. Like, don't go start your own LGBTQ, you know, um, yep. March or whatever, go, you know, maybe be a little quiet and just go find, be of, you know, support and be a resource and do the labor. Exactly. Exactly. I was um, in, in our affinity group this past Wednesday night. Hey, plug for affinity groups. I didn't plan that. Um, (laughs) But just, just in, just in case this is one of your first episodes you're listening to uh, uh, twice a month, we do, we do affinity groups. Uh, We do a communal group on the first Wednesday of the month at 7.30 PM Eastern. And then on the third Wednesday of the month, we do, we do an affinity group where we divide white bodies and bodies of culture. And we get in some deep discussions and, and we talk about current events. Sometimes we have specific questions and prompts and, and, and um, this past week we were, we were, we were discussing uh, belonging, um, places where you might have felt belonging and 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 brought you joy to belong and 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 interesting interesting uh, sort of segue discussion that we had. I don't know what you guys talked about all the time, but but we but we talked about um, the distinction between belonging and acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, maybe times where you may have felt accepted but realized you didn't belong, and could you feel a sense of belonging without the sec- a sense of acceptance that came along with it, uh, that preceded it. So we had some real nuanced discussions around that. Um, and, and I share that, that one of the times I felt surprised by the sense of belonging and acceptance was a few years ago when I returned to my um, home country of Barbados to um, at the invitation of one of the pride organizations there to speak at, at the pride parade. Um, and Barbados is still a very officially homophobic nation. And um, this was their second pride parade ever. And um, mm. because of the advocacy I'd done um, both online and in person out loud, uh, they, they asked me to come to come speak. So it was weird. It was weird for two reasons going in one um as a again as a person who who predominantly identifies as straight i felt i felt weird being being a spokesperson right uh-huh. uh, um i'm like like are you sure you want me because you know it it just felt it just felt like i i was not a good representative of 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 the cause so to speak but i realized they were bringing me in specifically because i am um an lgbtq supporting clergy person right right? and and in barbados especially here too but in barbados especially the biggest pushback comes from church who are wielding and weaponizing the bible so they need someone with some bible knowledge to to sort of counter that so 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 that was one source of discomfort the second set of uh, source of discomfort was again um, i i live here in the u.s and still feel like i'm barbadian right yeah. Um, I still, I'm a citizen here and every once in a while I still catch myself saying you Americans as <laughs> like, I'm not one, like I'm not an American now myself. Um, I've officially lived here more of my life than I have in Barbados. I moved here when I was 20. I just celebrated my 40th birthday. Yay. Belated birthday to me. Um, so, 
But then because I've been gone so long, when I go to Barbados, most of the time, I also feel like a little bit out of place because, yeah. you know, in 20 some years, the, the place, the culture um, has shifted and I haven't been there for it. So it seems like a, in many ways, a familiar yet unfamiliar place. So I was, ex- so, so I was feeling a little uncomfortable, but at the event itself, and 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 connecting and celebrating with this with the community there i i felt so at home because you know um here i am being 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 a voice in support for the lgbtq community and they are welcoming me in and accepting me with open arms and Mm. also they're Barbadians, of which I am one. So there's that level of, of connection as well. So I felt, I felt like I belonged. I felt accepted. Um, and and it was, it was, it was beautiful. And and I was genuinely surprised um by, by how I felt um by the by that, but but um still still like one of the top five highlight moments of my of my life. Um uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um so uh, so yeah, I know we got again segued. Um, so I, I have one one piece of interesting. Um, there's a, there's a lot of pieces that that go into you know the 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 gay rights movement. You know, really coming to coming into its own and continuing to have to move forward. And of course, we're not done, and we've come a long way. But um, just one little note: the um, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but in the 60s, the mafia ran gay bars in New York City. Ooh, that is that is you're right. That is that is sort of mixed. uh... Well, right. (laughs) And the reason the reason they did is because of to enable to to disregard the law. Yeah. So, you know, both, you know, um, LGBTQ community had to operate outside, you know, on the outskirts of society. So, So basically the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And it was a mafia. You know, they were probably taking some kickbacks, too. So absolutely. And (laughs) sort of a mixed blessing there. Exceedingly homophobic, I'm sure. But money (laughs) outranks that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, strange bedfellows, man. That's 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 all I can say. Um, pun maybe intended. I'm not sure. Um, so, so when we talk about pride, we also have to acknowledge uh, the black and brown folks who were involved from the beginning um, uh, as well. You mentioned you mentioned the Stonewall riots. Um, um, rumor rumor has it that a uh, um, um, storm. De, what's I can never say this names. De, de, de was uh, was a quote unquote male impersonator. Um, oh yeah, activists. Um, and through the first bunch of the riot, uh, Martha P. Johnson uh, uh, was 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 there as well, leading protests and riots. So it's it's um, um, in a couple episodes back, we talked about the the, the Kambahi River Collective, um, mm-hmm. queer queer women who found who who really um, w- was a group that, that, that highlighted the intersectionality issues of, of, um, systemic racism and how it really impacted, uh, black queer women. So, so when we speak of the origins of pride and the birth of pride and the growth of, of pride, um, we have to acknowledge 
um, because we don't hear about it a lot, acknowledge the black and brown folk who were who were involved um, in its in its inception from its inception. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and you talk about you talk about um, and again, we're 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 not we're not doing a deep dive here. Um, if you're listening, you, you have Google, um, but um, I want to depart from the script <laughs> a little bit. We, we kind of poked fun at the, uh, you know, the the mafia and the money and all that, um, you know, uh, this this is a great, I think, natural segue to to the rainbow washing um, corporations today. If you're not familiar with the term, um, it's it's using using the 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 identifiers, the qualifiers of of the pride and the queer community uh, for Brandon and and to raise money, even though corporations may not be um, actively in support. So for example, you see this a lot in June when companies are slapping rainbows on everything and and having fun. And even changing their logo colors. Changing the logo colors um, and 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 creating promotions in support of the LD of, of, of the Pride and the queer community. Um, so so at face value, they're saying, yes, we support Pride, but then their actions, their actual actions, the other actions. Um, speak speak a little bit differently. Um, so so when we speak of rainbow washing, um, you know, yes, uh, the 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 branding um, changing um, as well, um, releasing limited edition um, merchandise as well, and not um, making any of those proceeds go towards uh, um, pride support communities um, in any way. Um, using um queer employees even, even sending money to to individuals that are running for public office that are um trying you know working to dismantle the bans yeah yeah so so we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to that too as well um um um, um but but other ways rainbow washington can look is uh, you have queer employees that you are using in your promotion um, as as well. Uh, oh, we're, we're we're running an ad for for Pride Month, and you're gay, so come be in it. Um, underpaying uh, queer creators and um, for for Pride projects. Um, to your point, not 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 just not giving funds toward uh, Pride supporting communities, but then actively given monies to, for example, politicians who are. Um, um, anti-LGBTQ in their in their stance, um, we and and we see this um, from a lot of uh, organizations, places like uh, uh, Toyota, Comcast, uh, uh, AT and T, uh, Walmart, uh, FedEx. They they routinely fund um, a lot of conservative anti-LGBTQ politicians um last year and this this um, i get this fact from a uh, uh, robert reich and if you're not following him on social media um you should um he said last year 25 corporations pretending to honor pride month donated over 10 million dollars to anti-lgbtq plus politicians so so don't be don't be fooled by the rainbow washing marketing um actually actually follow the follow the money 
um, as as well. And a great recent example of this was was the whole uh, Disney versus Florida uh, debacle, mm. right? Um, Disney um, and uh, not, I guess they're doing a little bit better. But originally, when Florida was passing its, uh, you know, don't gay say don't say gay bill, um, Disney was conspicuously quiet around the whole thing, and the Disney uh, CEO said, uh, "Yeah, we don't need to say anything because we're very clear in our programming that we are supportive." Well, that didn't really help the situation uh, because one, Disney had a long history of supporting financially anti-LGBTQ plus uh, politicians in Florida because they, they, they need some benefits from the state. So there's that one. And turns out that, no, they do not have a great behind-the-scenes history of LGBTQ support, yeah. right? And there were then tons of stories of queer creators in Disney talking about how they will write content and then the powers that be are like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta straighten this up pun intended you got to straighten this up a lot more um so 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 that started a whole thing um and now um it's it's forced disney to be a lot um uh, um more supportive uh, more clear in 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 where they stand and and that's that's the power of community um that's 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 the power of letting your voice be heard when corporations do ridiculous things um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think, too, even with Disney that, you know, they had kind of taken on the the OK, all of our Disney princesses are white, you know, and and had, you know, in in Pixar movies and other places mm-hmm. were, you know, addressing what was seen on screen from a race perspective. So now how do you not? OK, how do you you could try to not respond? And how do you not respond to sexism in classes like you know you've already yeah. started down this road how do you not keep going exactly I hope, um, I hope they do i hope they do too so 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 it's an invitation to go like um you know if 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 you want to you the listener want to help be supportive um don't look to see what the organization or the company or that you're buying from is doing during pride month look at the rest of the year yes and, and i i struggle a little bit because i'm watching that going on in unity uh, yeah you think i know i know well, and it well just... so so unity i think unity has sort of been this like um we take it for granted that we are a an open welcoming place we don't we don't care if you're gay we don't care if you're trans um we don't we don't care if you're male or female whatever so so there's there's sort of been that uh overarching but then it becomes that intent versus impact thing right what's actually happening yeah. in individual churches and 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 stuff stuff like that and you know we there's been a history of for example unity churches that won't hire a gay minister or um you know, uh, ah, sorry. Or they might, but don't be married. Uh, right. I had like a bunch of examples and my brain just went blank. Um, you know, yeah, this COVID brain's a real thing, man. Holy I crap. know it is. <laughs> and uh, the hearing, hearing leaders, <clears throat> you know, talk about, well, this is what we, you know, we're, you know, featuring Black speakers during 
um, for Juneteenth or, you know, during Black Pride Month and we're featuring LGBTQ speakers or events, you know, during the month of June, but then there's nothing the rest of the year. And I really, I, I have, okay. And I heard that this week, you know, multiple people all week long. And I just, I have to, uh, I do what I have to do to stay hopeful. Yes. Yes. And, and that involves, that involves, you know, congregants calling the leadership out on it. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, calling them in and calling them yeah. up yeah. and saying, uh, saying like, yeah, okay. Just don't, just don't rest on your laurels of saying we are welcome in place and everybody knows that. So there's nothing more we need to do. No, everybody does not know that. <laughs> unless you are being very vocal and, and, and present about it. Um, you know, um, I, uh, I, I know some uni churches that it was not that long ago, a great, a great debate as to if we will fly the rainbow flag in front of our community all year round. Um, right. Uh, right. That, that, that sort of, you know, that sort of thing still happening or if, or, you know, if we're going to put up a black lives matter, uh, you know, stanchion, is that the name for it? You know, sandwich board, sign, whatever. Yeah. In front of the church all, the all, all, all year round, um, right. you know, uh, sort of, sort of deal and the, and the quote unquote divisiveness that that might, might uh, incur. Um, sort yeah, of which is an interesting, cause I'm, yeah, I get that someone can call it divisive and I actually find and I know why someone would call it divisive because people will be upset and they'll go away. And um, division is really ultimately believe it's not that. Right. And division ain't necessarily a bad thing. Right. Because, because it brings clarity. Right. It, 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 when, when we have division, division as in conflict, conflict, I think, um, and <laughs> type nine talking here, type uh, uh, inherently conflict mm. avoidant type nine, a uh, conflict has the potential to breed clarity because, because now we're, we're forced to express what we really believe and where we really stand. And then, then at least the conversation of, yeah. you know, is this then who we really are? Is this the place where I really belong? Um, is this the mm. place where, where you are really welcomed? Right. Uh, so, so, so yay for that. Um, I don't, um, but you know, we tend to be conflict averse. Um, and, well, and maybe you, but... <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's back to self-focus. One of our, one, <laughs> one, one of our most basic agreements of being self-focus. Yes. I, I am, I am, I am. <laughs> and, and I will, I will, I will say this. I am. It's, it's still my, it's still my default, right? Whenever, whenever there's a whiff of conflict, I can still feel myself like tensing up and, mm. and, and wanting to shut down and retreat. Um, both, both, both freeze and flight at the same time happens. Um, <laughs> the, and, and what I have learned over the years, not just studying through the Enneagram, but, but also, also really good therapists and coaches is that, no, it is it is an invitation because what 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 happens, Ogan, when you don't actually lean into it and express your discomforts and your desires and your needs? What happens is then I I I suffer. Like I suffer immensely. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't feel heard, my needs aren't met. It's a it's a whole thing and and it just goes all downhill after that. So so I have learned and, and we suffer because I just want to know what. Where exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I didn't, I didn't believe. I'm sure it's not as painful as it is for your interior world. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But it's not, it's not as painful, and it's not nearly as painful anymore because yeah. I've learned and practiced and have the evidence to support when I actually share my thoughts and my needs and my opinions. People actually, like you said, actually want to know and actually want to listen and want to meet me halfway. And then if they don't, those aren't people I need to be around. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I'm much better. I'm so much better, but the default's still there. Uh, and, 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 and that's the work, right. To, to recognize it. And I mean, that's, that's the work. That's the work of all of us, uh, you know, to bring this back to uh, talking about pride and and yeah. um, and white supremacy as well. You know, what are the embedded defaults, and do we notice them? Do we do we notice right? So so you know, um, I'll speak for myself. I grew up in a very very conservative, uh, traditional Christian experience that that basically trained me to be homophobic. Uh, from mm. from from the get right, right. Um, and um, and what changed? Two things changed for me was one, uh, going to college and actually finding out the truth about the Bible, um, and two, then actually creating meaningful relationships with people in the queer community. Um, and and what what is what is that saying? Uh, uh, something about connection or friendships is what is is the antidote to hate. Um, I don't know what the real verbiage is, but that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that's that that's works. not the actual saying, but it's it, that's yeah. the sentiment that's, that's communicated. When you know the people who you think you you should hate, right? Yeah. Then you yeah. then then you realize, oh wait, I yeah, what? Why am I hating these people? Right? Because right. whatever. Um. So so even in that, right? So 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 I've I've you know come come way past that place and and have been an advocate and an activist and um and and I just shared about where I am in my own place on that uh on that on that fluid spectrum of sexuality um and at the same time like even even today as I'm saying it out loud they're still really far back deep in the in the in the in the recesses of my hardwiring right that that homophobic language in and and speaking and 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 the the the, just a twinge of that's that's not right uh sort sort of deal right so 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 our work is to recognize when we've internalized all these things and then to ask ourselves you know i'm not even conscious that it may be there until i feel that twinge is it possible that that's impacting my just daily thoughts and behaviors um, consciously or unconsciously. Um, well, that's the that's the the very nature. That's the very definition of implicit bias. Yes. And and the 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 odd thing, the dangerous thing about implicit bias is that it is unconscious, and your whole being, your thinking, your whole body, how you feel, can be totally one hundred percent on board with. Um, of course, you know, supporting, um, you know, racial equity and LGBTQ um, rights. And, you know, all of you is, is all about raising up every, you know, human being, all life. And you can still have an implicit bias 
the unconscious, it's, it's the operating system that, that is a bias, you know, against that, that has a bias of homophobia or a bias that like, I have a bias. Um, it's, you know, certainly I've unpacked some of it, but, but I'm, you know, being an overweight person, you would never think that I have a bias, a prejudice against overweight people. Like that doesn't even make sense mm. at all, but I do because it's how we're socialized. It's part of that privilege, right? We're socialized that what's normal, what's good, what's right, what's acceptable, what's blah, 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 is white, skinny, blonde, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything I'm not, you know, over, you know, five foot eight or taller, you know, never going to reach any of those points. Yeah, Um, yeah. That's what makes bias so dangerous. And the only way you can uncover it is to, to be doing, you know, consistent. That's why it's a long arc to justice. Yeah. Consistent work. Consistent work, like, or twice a month affinity yes. groups. Again, yeah. plugging those. But interestingly, so so what you just described, though, interest, interestingly enough, sets up a very subtle form of self-hatred, right? Yes, I, yes I it am, does. I, I, am, I am outwardly hating the thing that that I am. Yes. So, 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 yeah, that's, that's, ooh. Yes, it does. So yeah. I go through the grocery store and I'm waiting for someone to hate on me. I'm convinced someone will hate on mm-hmm. me because they're looking at what's in my grocery cart that I shouldn't have. I'm not right. supposed right. to have air quotes, shouldn't have. Um, and the minute that someone looks in, it automatically gets translated into I'm doing something wrong. I am wrong. You didn't put that Juneteenth ice cream in your cart, do you? Because you shouldn't have that. No, no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> I'm not a huge ice cream fan to begin with. Wait, whoa, whoa, anyway. Whoa. Yes. Sacrilege. No, give me a loaf of Italian bread and some butter. Okay. I, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I, I kind of hold those two things almost equal in, yeah. in stature. <laughs> so let's talk about our trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 do that. And we just want to, yeah. Well, I well, I think it's uh I love talking about trailblazers. I, I love knowing about, you know, the shoulders that we stand on, the those that really started to pave the way so that, you know, so that there's a, a you know, with love, justice and liberation um, for all. Um, so I want so we have five trailblazers that, um, you know, in terms of honoring Pride Month, that these yes, there's this Stonewall riots that was the tipping point for for the gay liberation movement, but um, um, the so one of them is is uh, her name is um, Marsha P. Johnson, and um, her name is Marsha quote pay it no mind unquote Johnson, a self identified drag queen and a prominent gay liberation activist. Um, became she became infamous in New York City's gay and art scene from the '60s through the '90s, and was a veteran of the Stonewall riots. Um, but I don't think we ever hear the name. Not nearly as much now. Um, no, Johnson was an active member of many groups that proliferated after Stonewall, fighting for protection and sexual liberation, um, knowing the hardships of, you know, having, you know, as a veteran of the Stonewall riots and living on the streets, you know, the, um, of you know, on the streets and mm-hmm. in New York City, um, she co-founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, um, that you know, which was providing homeless and transgender individuals with shelter and community. 
And this was, you know, multiple decades ago, but we don't, we don't hear, we don't ever you hear think, the You name. think that might have something to do with the fact that she was black? Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay, just checking. Just checking. Because again, 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 when we hear about these organizations, uh, pride organization, the suffrage movement, when we hear about all of these organizations that tremendously shifted things, they've always been black people at the heart of them. Yeah. But but we don't hear about them because racism. Mm-hmm. To put it well, yeah. Frankly. Well, and that was our point, you know, a couple of podcasts back about white feminism. Which, by the way, okay, yeah, another no. scroll moment. Here we you go. can edit this out if you need to. Oh no, it's staying. So, we don't. I don't edit. Okay, <laughs> so the person who was 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 getting a little anxious with me on the Facebook feed about white feminism and mm-hmm. that I was making it up, and you know. This, it's just another way to be divisive. Uh-oh. Was a minister, and they were there. The oh, I knew this is where this was going. All right, spill the tea. What happened? Well, there wasn't every when I would see each other when we first saw each other, we smile and gave a hug, and but the whole week it was just when you'd pass by, just smile and keep moving. Oh, there was is that no, all that happened. There was no moss growing under her feet. Oh man, I was I was hoping it got a little juicier than that. All right, okay. I tried at one point and. Wasn't going to happen, and uh, honestly, I didn't. I, uh, I, I am sorry. I didn't have the bandwidth. You know, that's 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 okay. That's okay. We don't need to be intentionally confrontational. That's that. Yeah. That's that's all right. That's all right. Um, and, and I did. Just, I did just, suggest. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Well, I did suggest to one um, white senior minister from a very large church that perhaps he and and privately that perhaps he might want to refer to not refer to what happened to George Floyd as the George Floyd incident. Ooh, and you mm-hmm. might want to say George Floyd murder. Yeah. 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 Is that still happening? I thought we passed that. Okay. I'm going to say no. Okay. Wow. All right. Can I guess who it was? No, I'm not guessing. Sorry. Shh. No, stop. Logan, stop. <laughs> stop. That's uh, not, that, uh, yeah. that's not good trouble. That's just mischievous trouble. And we have yes. work to do. We do. We do. Right. So so why is it being still called the incident? Because white comfort. Right. Yeah. Let's, we can acknowledge that it happened. But but to, to call it what it was, a murder is opening up a whole different uh, um, context and point of view of the thing. Right. It no longer it, there's less distance in, from it. There's there's less acknowledgement right. of, of, of the violence behind it. You know, um, sort of, sort of deal. Um, no, no different than than folks still not calling what happened at Buffalo what it was a white supremacy terror attack. Yes. Uh, you know, um, and and still many white bodies still uncomfortable with the words white white supremacy and and wanting to distance themselves from it. Um, and um, and often and often, unfortunately, you know to. To, to hit on another thing we we talk about frequently um, in many spiritual communities, using 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 talk of 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 love and harmony as as the bypass for these uncomfortable conversations, right? Um, no, we're not saying that you keep miring yourself in quote unquote negative conversations. And I'll again invite you to reframe them as these are not negative conversations. These are these are conversations that invite us into dismantling 
the internalized right. supremacies and, and oppressions. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. And yes, it's going to be messy. And yes, that is what love is. Yeah. <laughs> love, love is uncomfortable and love is messy. Uh, yes. uh, if you've ever been in love, I mean, just from the emotional romantic context of love and and love transcends that. That's just one sliver of what love is. But even just that, you know, it's always been uncomfortable and messy, right? Yeah. So, so I love that we, you know, communities talk about love and 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 the implication that it's going to feel good. No, it's not. Nothing about love ever feels good. But it's 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 who we are. Um, and 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 we 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 think of justice as love in action, and love in action mm-hmm. demands work, demands change, demands the messiness. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one of our one of our trailblazers, not to jump ahead, um, that's that's what he refers to as love as messy work. Uh, James Baldwin, yeah, um, who we who we who many people um, know well. That's not a that's not a strange name to or foreign name to anyone, but but yeah, that's Don't what be he, so he sure. speaks about. Well. <laughs> This is true. This is true. I make, uh, I make no assumptions. He's often quoted, though. He's very often quoted. Very often. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't, and I, you know, it's it's one of those, and I have to pay attention to, because I've done this, where I quote something because I, I, I resonate with the, the message and I quote it, but do I really know what I'm quoting? Like, have I, mm-hmm. am I just reposting something or have I gone and done some work to learn you know, who this person is. In this case, James Baldwin is, uh, um, I have, uh, I've read an enormous amount that he's written. Um, He's, he pushed, pushed, pushed. He was born in 1924. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I forget uh, how long ago that was. I know. I was just going to say that. (laughs) I was just going to say that. So that's to be a social justice advocate um, was, you know, that, like born in 1924, but in the 40s, the 50s, and 60s, to be a social justice advocate was, um, as well, we know, you are literally risking your life. Yeah, uh, to be and and being openly gay, yes. right? You know, um, yes. and 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 speaking and speaking to not just gay issues, black issues, American issues, um, being being he he was i think the the he he's my uh, epitome of calling us in and calling us up yeah um as as well um uh before james baldwin there was the uh, the vaudeville uh, performer moms moms mabley um mm-hmm. and uh she was she was uh <coughs> excuse me um a frequent performer uh at the apollo theater uh what they call the uh the chitlin circuit uh the black vaudeville uh circuit um and and um she shared stage with people like uh duke ellington keb calloway louis armstrong you know all the all the men that we know about um so, so. i think and i think a lot of people have have actually heard that Moms Mabley, but really have no idea who who that is. Yes, or other look. they might know like vaudeville or right. but really have no idea being a trailblazer, like you know, um just like the rest of the people we've mentioned, willing to risk their life for yeah. the rights of all. Um and 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 her her real name, Loretta Aiken. Um, and, um, she was born, she was born again, 1894. So turn her, turn of the century. 
um her her character i don't know if this is true or not um but it sounds good and and i think and i think um if i did some deep dive research um i'll find it which i would have done but covid and long car rides the last couple of days um um if you look uh you can i think you can draw a straight line between her and and um um what's uh, covid brain uh i don't even think i can help you <laughs> i'll come back to it okay it'll, it'll 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 come up when i'm not thinking about it um um what's who's the next trailblazer so our next one is um, uh, is uh, Alvin Ailey, actually, speaking of um, uh, theater and yeah. dance. Uh, but Alvin Ailey, uh, I think most people are familiar with, you know, Alvin Ailey School of Dance, um, American Dance Theater. Um, but he, he started his career, and he was a dancer and a choreographer, phenomenal, um, uh, just but anyway, he started his career in 1949 um, uh, when in high school um, and, and he just he just, you know, blazed forward, immersing himself in dance, you know, and cultivating his own style and his own um, uh, it really his own style and his own his own attitude and way of being in dance. You know, and at a time when it was, you know, and for had been for a long time, but you know, here's the here's the the places for you know black folks that sing and dance, and so you're you're allowed to do kind of this kind of performance, but but then slowly, and you could perform for white audiences, but you still had a box you were working in, and he really um, was very instrumental in kind of blowing that open much more, yes, and. Yeah because of because of his immersing himself so deeply in dance and creating his own style and pushing so hard you know it it's to this day people of of uh any color you know wanting to learn and study alvin ailey yeah my my daughter did a couple of summer internships with uh with, the, right. with that company um i remembered because i wasn't thinking about it tyler perry medea his character oh. medea yeah, you can you can you can draw a straight line from my mom's maybe to uh to Medea. Um, all right, sorry. Cool. All this happens when I'm not thinking about it. Um, yeah, and of course. of course, and who do we have left in our Audra Lord? Oh yeah, yeah. Audra Lord, she uh, uh, refers to herself as black, lesbian, mother, warrior, poet. Um, you know, and she's she's one of those that so at the very beginning when we started the, this podcast, you know, we were talking about our social identity and the elements of our identity, our personal identity, um, as well as social identity and how, you know, it, how important it is to know that and not being stuck with it and know it to use it, you know, for love and justice and liberation for all, yeah. right? And so she's one of these people that um, she really understood uh, the power of her personal identity in terms of, you know, being in multiple social locations that were oppressed and um, where to uh, specifically gender and race um, and understood the intersectionality of that and, and pushing that 
and and all the dimensions of class and age and um, and physical ability um, that then later became the the work of intersectionality by Kimberly Kimberly Crenshaw. Yeah. But she's a, a a brilliant. Audre Lorde is is a brilliant poet writer. Um, one of my favorites is um, uh, is um, what is it? What is it? You cannot. Um, uh, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and it's short, but it's, you know, it's just, she's brilliant at saying things that for me as a white body, I, I need to hear, I have to hear the black lived experience so I can find my whiteness in how I'm perpetuating what she's working to dismantle. And so right. I'm, I'm the master's house. I can't use tools to dismantle the master's house. Um, idea so all right there you go um all right so as we wrap up um want to remind folks that uh i mean depending on when you're listening to this um on the 23rd of june um we're having our first um 846 fiction book club meeting um we're we're discussing the other black girl by uh zakia harris um, if you have not yet finished reading the book, don't let that stop you from showing up um, at, at, at book club. Uh, very excited about this. Um, got a lot of got a lot of comments from a lot of people who've uh, picked up a copy and, and planning to be there. So I'm very excited. Um, if you have not yet purchased a copy and and want to get one and do some speed reading um, or want to do one of the other um, um book club gatherings that we're doing um you can support um our black store or black owned bookstore partner bliss books and wine head over to blissbooksandwine.com and if you use our special code 846 book uh you can get 10 percent discount um on your purchase and they're really good about um getting books stay in a hurry so um so um, if you're listening to this before Thursday, come join us um, for 846 Fiction Book Club. We just wrapped up our nonfiction book club, Quaking of America. I don't think we have another selection yet, um, but we will. Nope. I think we're taking a little break because we're doing the. I don't know that we're taking a break. I don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but we are doing. I'm very excited about the fiction series because well, the books are. Yeah. Well, we're really we're on break. I don't yes. know if you're going to keep taking one from the uh, from the nonfiction uh, uh, portion, yeah. but um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we maybe and I'll talk to you offline. Let's not let's not <laughs> let's not do real time planning. No, <laughs> let's not plan in real time. We've done no, we've done but that do plan do plan to to join the fiction because it's yes it's, yeah yes we will do that. And um, in terms of other weekly things we have going on, um, uh, Thursday mornings at, at ten a.m. Um, we do a 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, um, 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 anti-racist centered mindful, um, meditation practice. So come join us for that, um, every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, we may get back to doing some IG lives. I'm, uh, it's sure we, sure we will. Um, and we usually do this podcast, uh, live streaming and recording on Tuesday afternoons, but because, COVID traveling conference, like the schedule has just been all over the damn place uh, these last couple of weeks. And um, we work at flexibility. Exactly. Flexibility is, is our, is our superpower. Um, so, 
so yeah, so that's what's that's what's going on. Um, as always, we love if you can support our work and what we do. Have over, head over to projectsanctus.com, um, make a donation, um, check out all the the things that we do and bring and um, and our schedule. And I think I think I think that's it for today. Is that it for today? Yeah, I think yeah. so. That's enough for today. Yeah, there's so always more. There's there's always more. So uh, uh, so happy Juneteenth um, and. Um, also, um, happy Pride, and let's remember that uh, Pride support, and for and especially for the LGBTQ community, does not begin and end in June. Um, please, please hold your corporations, your favorite brands, your elected officials, hold their feet to the fire um, to continue um, doing this work to create a safe community, uh, especially for trans folks these days, um, all yep. year round. So, yeah, even just if all you do is look at where you shop, go look at do a little Googling around the places that you, you know, where you spend your money and see what their track record is. Maybe you change one or two. And if you happen to live in a state that has a Republican leadership, um, chances are there is some anti-trans or um, anti-gay bill working its way through your state Senate. So yep. don't don't assume because you don't see it in the headlines that it's not there um so so look it up make some calls um and um let's um continue to create a world of love justice and liberation for all thank you for listening thank you